0: the punch out we're following the news all day so you don't have to giving you everything you need to know about what's in the headlines and what should be and yes we are back here on the punch out 14th of september 2022 very happy to be back with you here on the show And we got plenty for you here on the show, as we always do. Today, we're going to be talking about the for-profit prison racket in the United States. It is very well known that the U.S. has the largest prison population in the world, with roughly 25% of all the people imprisoned on the planet being in U.S. jails and prisons. A relatively small percentage of those people are in private prisons, just 8% overall. But nonetheless, in certain states and elements of the federal prison system, private prisons play a significant role. And importantly, they represent a crucial lobby that goes out of its way to spend its money promoting mass incarceration policies that will boost their bottom line. Overall, 99,754 people are incarcerated in a private prison in the United States. Obviously, a small part of the overall U.S. prison population of nearly 2 million, but notably... This is actually more people than the total number of people in prison in Colombia, Pakistan, Bangladesh, Poland, Cuba, Canada, and 200 other countries, which, if nothing else, is another reflection of how massively bloated the U.S. prison population is. The real core of the private prison system in the U.S. is the immigration detention apparatus run by the Department of Homeland Security. 81% of all immigrant detainees are held in a private facility. 33,274 people at any given time. These are big-time contracts as well. DHS appropriated $3 billion for immigration detention in 2021 alone to run more than 200 detention centers around the country. So, literally, this is a billion-dollar business. And many of these immigration detention center contracts include guaranteed minimums. The same is true for many contracts that private prison companies have with states. And that means that the government has to pay the company for a certain number of beds, regardless of how many people who are in the facility, which of course creates a strong incentive to try to fill them up, which means pushing more restrictive immigration or criminal legal system policies. And surprise, surprise, private prison companies are increasingly pouring cash into the political operations of politicians who make a big point of being for stronger border security since immigration detention is the biggest growth part of the industry. So far in the 2022 congressional election cycle, based on the donations we can track, at least, the private prison industry has donated $1.1 million into congressional campaigns. The top four recipients, Marco Rubio, Jerry Moran, Kevin McCarthy, and Senate hopeful Herschel Walker, all are known for advocating the U.S. do more to criminalize immigrants, and many other people for that matter, coming into the country. Georgia Governor Brian Kemp, who is running for re-election this year, is also a well-known advocate of going aggressively after immigrants and supporting private prisons. He even has gone so far in this campaign to say he would round up undocumented people himself in his own truck. The two largest private prison companies, Geo Group and Core Civic, have given him $25,000 so far in his re-election campaign. And Of course, that's the money we can track. Who knows about the dark money? But again, it shows the money is following the policies. And of course, as you would imagine, these companies are not running these facilities well. Private prisons are even more notorious than public prisons for their poor conditions. A Justice Department investigation into four private prisons the government had contracts with in 2019 found that, quote, All four facilities had issues with expired food, which puts detainees at risk for foodborne illnesses. At three facilities, we found segregation practices violated standards and infringed on detainee rights. Two facilities failed to provide recreation outside detainee housing units. Bathrooms in two facilities, detainee housing units were dilapidated and moldy. At one facility, detainees were not provided appropriate clothing and hygiene items to ensure they could properly care for themselves. Lastly, one facility allowed only non contact visits despite being able to accommodate in person visitation. End quote. Like I said, this is a big business. Core Civic is projecting between $106 million and $118 million in profits this year on what will likely be over $1 billion in revenue. And to sweeten the deal for big time investors in Core Civic, the company has announced they're using $250 million for stock buybacks this year. Geo Group is also projecting over a billion dollars in revenues, is expecting nearly $100 million in pure profits as well. I say pure profits because in both cases, these quote-unquote net income profits, that's how it's listed in their financial statements, include the various tricks used by corporations to reduce their tax liability. So really, they're making more profit than what's written down on paper. And if you really needed more proof of what good business this is, both companies' largest investors are some of the biggest Wall Street investment giants. BlackRock, Fidelity, and Vanguard alone own 41.46% of CoreCivic, and the top 10 biggest investors, who own 61.3% of the company, are all large asset management firms. And these sorts of firms play a major role in the market overall, and suffice it to say, they are looking for investments that bring good returns, yes, but also steady returns over the longer term which means Wall Street is heavily invested in private prisons because it views them as investments that will continue to offer strong returns over a long period of time. And these companies, the investors, that is, are not dumb. They know that They will provide strong returns over long periods of time because they understand the political dynamics at play, that things like quote-unquote crime and immigration and so on are hot-button issues that are easily exploitable, which creates a strong environment by which these companies can lobby, spend their money in campaign donations, and ride the wave by pitching themselves as solutions. So in a very real sense, Wall Street is fueling the growth and the maintenance of private prisons. On the state level, private prisons, as we've mentioned, tend to play a smaller role in terms of the number of people in prison, but it's not nothing. In a few states, it's actually quite significant. Montana, for instance, has 50% of its prisoners in private facilities. Montana also has major disparities in its prison population. Native American people are 22% of the prison population in Montana, despite being only 6% of the overall population. So what sort of laws do you think the private prison industry is going to lobby for in Montana? Certainly not ones that are going to address the racism driving mass incarceration there. New Mexico has 45 percent of its prisoners in private facilities. Hawaii, 36 percent, Tennessee, 31 percent, and Oklahoma, 21 percent. All these states also have their own racial and class disparities that speak to the same dilemma. Mass incarceration was not created in order for profits to be made like this. It was created as an institution for social control to contain the impact from the devastating anti-working class policies instituted by neoliberal governments, starting with President Carter in the late 70s. But once it was established, all sorts of forms of profiteering from private prisons to prison labor to prison contracting emerged. These companies... Who are making billions of dollars, form a large, concerted, wealthy lobby that will do its utmost to make sure any progress away from mass incarceration does not happen. So while the vast majority of prisoners are not in private prisons, we can't discount the role they play in perpetuating the most harmful mass incarceration policies in the United States. That's the punch out for today.